0: Anil Varach, Executive Vice President and Director of STEP Gold Limited, listed on the Toronto main board of the Toronto Stock Exchange. Uh, We are a gold and silver producer in Mongolia, um, now producing from our oxide mine, expanding into our sulfides over the next 18 to 20 months, which will take our production profile to over 100,000 ounces for another 12 years of mine life with another asset we've just acquired in Peru, which is a large 2.4 million ounce development project um, that has also oxides and sulfides, very similar to Mongolia. So we are a gold producer, expanding with now multiple assets in multiple jurisdictions. Anil, thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, good
1: to uh, have Step Gold on here, you and StepGold. Um, there's a hell of a lot going on in the company. You've got a... Um, Lots of moving parts. You must be a pretty uh, busy team. You've got the heap leach, which is uh, ongoing. It's kind of an ongoing operation, and then you're expanding into this the the, the fresh rock. And you've just announced a um, a finance um, package around that of 150 million dollars. Um, plus, you have you did a capital raise in in May for 12 million dollars. Can you just kind of talk to me about where you are in terms of the cash flow from the from the heap leach the 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 balance sheet and um how you're going to be juggling your budget uh over the course of the of the remainder of this year and into next year please
0: sure so yes we are a producer uh we're actually a a profitable producer we produce uh at around 800 to 850 dollars all in cost on this phase one operation heap leach operation in mongolia that's been in production since april 2020 uh, in April 2020, we started production for the first time ever during COVID with 100% local team, and we produced 35,000 ounces over that nine months. Okay, so so 25,000 ounces over nine months, so about 3,000 ounces a month. 35,000 is... 35, ounces over nine months. Yeah.
1: Okay, so uh, four thousand ounces a month is that kind of the, is going to be your kind of um, your average run
0: rate? That is our our, our run rate. Um, uh, it will be a bit lower for for this year. Uh, and next, because we only have a couple of years left of, of, of mine life actually on the oxide mine without, uh, expanding, uh, you know, f- delineating further oxide resources or deposits, which we are looking at right now. So it makes,
1: so, so, so you're kind of earning about, I don't know, $3 million a month. Is that, is is that what that generates in free cash flow as a, as, a, as a venture or is that a bit too punchy? It's
0: a little it bit too, too punchy. Yeah, it's, it's, uh. You know, I would say roughly 2,000 ounces a month is our is our break even. Right, we have to produce 2,000 ounces a month to cover all of our costs at site and and all corporate G&A as well. So anything above that is 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 definitely the the punchy part, as you mentioned. And um, you know, on on a 30,000 ounce, I'm just using this as an example. 30,000 ounces of production, uh, we'll have a thousand dollar margin. Uh, so it's 30 million US of EBITDA and then you got you, you know 30 million US uh for the year and then obviously break that down with taxes depreciation uh sustaining capex uh, and you'll end up with about um somewhere in the range of 10 to 15 million US of free cash
1: what was the thinking behind the, capital, the 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 placement you did in in May was that just because the balance sheet was just looking a little bit tight and you needed some flexibility
0: uh yeah so there's two reasons so one is we announced uh the acquisition in Peru of Alvanna Mining which was an all share transaction for roughly 20 million US. However, we wanted to capitalize the company with going into that transaction to ensure that Peru is funded for the next couple of years. Um, you know, we're essentially taking over the company with, with uh, no cash in the till. So we wanted to make sure that uh, Peru was well funded for the next couple of years. Not a lot of a spend. You're only looking at about one and a half to maximum 2 million US a year spend for the next kind of 18 to 24 months in Peru. So not a big cash drag to continue to kind of de-risk that project where we maintain our focus on Mongolia and the space to expansion, which is the most important project for the company today, given the 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 production profile, uh, the margin, again, $1,000 an ounce at today's gold price uh, and the life of mine of, of over 10 plus years, right? 12 years. That's a, that's a that's the the cash machine for the company for future growth, whether it's in Peru and, or additional uh, opportunities in Mongolia. So we wanted to, ask to add a little bit more cash to our balance sheet for our current operations in Mongolia as well, so it shows you that there's an endorsement of the transaction in Peru at a premium to market. So we did at a dollar ten when our share price was lower than a dollar ten. It was a four month hold placement uh, with no warrants attached. So this is long term uh, investors that understand the value of the company and happy to put in at a dollar ten price. Our CEO put in two million dollars at a dollar ten. Uh, and obviously Eric Sprott continued to support our company. He's, he's a, a 10% shareholder. Uh, his cost basis is well above $2 for the majority of his investment. He first made in August, 2020, and he hasn't sold, he's only bought more. So a strong endorsement of the transaction helped, uh, pad the balance sheet going into our project financing that we were working on, right? And it gave us more leverage. It gave us more leverage going into those conversations to finalize those conversations and just to just. Uh, less than two weeks ago, we announced that project financing of 150 million US that fully funds this phase two expansion without any further equity requirement. So now when you see other project financing packages put together, there's a, a large equity component, usually 30%. You know, so that would have been circa 40 million plus for us at these you know dilutive levels. We were able to avoid that by doing that small placement to, to pad up the balance sheet a little bit. Uh, and put together a structure that's 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 very equity friendly. The funding package: 150 million dollars in three separate tranches, each
1: one of 50 million dollars, each with slightly different characteristics. So one's a term loan, one's a, um, a senior credit loan, one's a gold loan. Talk me through, please, kind of when that gets deployed, and and when you when phase, you know, where where is phase two, and when can you first start drawing down cash, and um, and and how long does that loan
0: last? Sure. So first, uh, phase two has already started in terms of construction. We actually uh, over the last couple of years, uh, even when we had some of that downtime and the heap leach with supply ch- chain issues, we we procure the crusher. The fixed crushing circuit is is not only procured, is paid for, and uh, installed. So that's a big piece of phase two. It's uh, in terms of infrastructure and capex. Uh, you know that was about an eight and a half million U.S. spend. So we've actually started on phase two. Previous to this announcement, now we can get going on the remaining uh, spent, and and we have and, and we have uh, all the capital we need to finish off uh, the construction over this year and all next year. This year is camp expansion, uh, some updated uh, engineering work, a uh, design and engineering work, uh, deposits on long lead items. So we have a flotation plant, we're building a tailings facility and a power upgrade to grid. Those are the main. Uh, you know, big spend expenditures uh, over ne- over the next 12 to 18 months for phase two. Uh, and we'll actually start drawing. I think this is where maybe the market didn't hasn't fully understood this. You know, we announced a definitive term sheet. Well, this is real. Um, this is moving forward. And, and we're going to start drawing as early as uh, the end of this month, maybe within the next two to three weeks, maybe early August. We'll start to draw on the first 50 million US uh, tranche that we have uh, available to us. Maybe it's 5 $10, 15000000 in that range first. We're only going to pay interest on what we draw. And the beauty of these tranches that we put in to, put together of for the debt is the repayment doesn't start until at least six months after commissioning of the phase two. So we're planning to commission phase two in the first half of 2025. You're not going to have this burden of principal and interest payments right out of the gate when you start your operation for phase two you know cuz that's that's a big deal you want to have a working capital cushion as you're you may have some kinks to work out when you bring a new plant online and you want to have that you want to focus on cash flow not paying back cash immediately so the structure we put together is, is was quite friendly in that nature compared to some of the other offers we, we received from other banks private equity groups you know we went through a lot of groups and we spoke to a lot and you know we were able to come together to a package that really is equity friendly uh and it doesn't put a big burden on the company in terms of payback. Uh we can really focus on execution. The interest rate
1: on the I mean the, the first loan that you're going to be drawing down is the Mongolian Trade and Development Bank. Um Yes, correct. The, and 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 that's at an interest rate of what 13 and a, 13.4%. It, 30, is, 34. is that a 13.4%? F- yeah. Is that fixed and flat? Um you know or d-
0: does it vary if interest rates vary? No, that's 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 fixed. Both are fixed, the 12% and the 13.4% are fixed from my understanding. Um Thirty four percent is very competitive. Uh, you know, right now business loans in Mongolia are twenty percent. Mongolia already has had higher interest rates. Obviously, you know, over the last twelve months, interest rates have gone up you know, about six hundred basis points. So it's actually competitive on a global scale. You're seeing, you know, we talked to you know Schedule One banks globally, and they, they would come in at similar ranges, anyways. Private equity groups coming in even a bit higher. So it's a, it is a competitive package coming from Mongolia. So. For us, it's it's really nice to show, you know, as a Mon- homegrown Mongolian company, you know, built built bu- built by Mongolians, uh, supported by Mongolians and the government, to have a the largest bank uh, support us further in uh, further expansion here.
1: Where are you in terms of just kind of? I know you've just raised the 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 twelve million dollars, and you've got some kind of gradual income um, through the the, the heap leach operation that kind of provides you with um, this kind of uh, monthly liquidity. That's um, right. So are you in, are you in double digits in terms of your kind of um um cash position at the moment because I I, I mean, I'm just trying to work out why the why why the share price is under so much pressure and so to to sure. me the the obvious the obvious thing is kind of balance sheet stress
0: well that's that's obviously not the case um and even even when our balance sheet was stretched when we had that downtime for about a year in 2021 you know you know we never raised any equity you know our price was a lot higher you know we could have been opportunistic then uh, we really avoided that. Why? Because uh, as a board of management team, we own 25% of the company and have never sold a share since we, we've been public in since May 2018. That's huge alignment with our investors. We're always mindful of dilution, hence this package we put together. This allows us to skate through raising uh, this massive dilutive equity this summer and continue drawing down on debt. We can service any interest payments from our cash flow, our Balance sheet today and our future cash flow. We're going to produce roughly another seventy thousand ounces out of this heap leach over the next two years, give or take. Uh, like I said, the margin there. You can see there's a, there's a net cash that services interest. It services expiration on both of our properties in Mongolia and Peru with a with a little bit of a cushion there. So we're we actually are uh, we actually have balance sheet strength today. Um, that's the beauty of our, our, our business. Even if we produce only twenty five to thirty thousand ounces instead of the forty to fifty that we'd like to, it still adds net cash or, or pays off pays our bills and more. And that, that's important here. We don't have to go back to the market to raise equity at, at any of these levels. That's what we thought was holding our stock back previously. People assuming that the project financing package would require thirty or forty million of debt at eighty cents, or you know, you know, even though we raised money at dollar ten just in May. Um, and we've we've just we've just mitigated that we've 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 sh- we've shown the market where the selling could be coming from uh, the the pressure there there's there's a couple reasons you know one is the world uh, besides Asia um, it still has a lot of issues for debt high interest rates inflation um, so people have to sell any stock for a variety of reasons and so there may be some forced selling that's as we as our liquidity has increased with all this good news in the last couple of weeks. You have selling to offset that, which happens, right? We so, see a lot of good so news kind of, <laughs> come the out.
1: Of the the risk-off risk play and the kind of the liquid, I, I mean, I've seen yeah. that with just with physical gold, actually, when there's a financial yep. crisis, actually, the gold price goes down is because it's a, it's a source of liquidity.
0: But, that's, um, that's what happened. Uh, that's what happened during COVID. Gold actually sold off with every other asset class first, but it bounced back quickest, and it hit all-time highs that summer. Uh, I think we're going to see a similar situation in our stock, just like we saw again. In April 2020, we were trading at $0.90. There was selling into good news when we started production for the first time ever. And then we hit $3 by August 2020, all on good news, right? So we cleaned through some of that forced selling for whatever reason. The second thing, I think, um, you know, we did close Anacorda's transaction a couple of weeks ago. That was an all share transaction. So there are some legacy shareholders that have had enough. And now we've created liquidity through the step as a producer platform. And so they're, they're they're getting out, and and that's fine. There, there's there's some shareholders that have had enough. that couldn't get out in when they were holding their Anticortis shares because there's no liquidity. Through everything we've done, we've created that liquidity, and, and they want to get out. So to to us, it's not a big deal because we don't have to raise any equity at these levels. We, we have good news, and we only have more positive news coming. I think when we announce our first draw, it shows how real the project financing is. How we're not tapping the market. And we also have this Hong Kong listing down the road, right at the end of this year, which is a a huge boom and catalyst. But I think that's an opportunity. When the selling is done, uh, there's not going to be you know m- many opportunities for investors to to buy at these at these levels, right? We're we're trading uh, and, at and a I, point. Sorry, go ahead. Um, and Neil, I I really admire the enthusiasm. Um, <laughs> um
1: one of the one of the challenges we've got is you know, if you look at the share prices you know it's been it, it's it's been a kind of two and a half three year downtrend and that's uh, i i completely understand that in line with uh the rest of the market and that's there's nothing particularly punitive to step gold for that you know everything's been um traded off the question is um in in terms of the the the, the broader market may continue to drift sideways um all go down for another six months, for another 12, mar- um, 12 months, particularly the, I mean, who knows when the turn is coming. I just wondered, other than kind of saying that there's a value discount here, <laughs> what, 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 what are the kind of the, the communication points or the action plan that, that steps kind of targeting in the next six to nine months to that will hope it would be a catalyst for change?
0: Sure. So, well, I, I mean, this month already was a big one. Putting this package together that doesn't require further deletion is is a is, is a big deal because now it's all about educating investors to showing you, hey, you have an opportunity to buy an undervalued stock that's trading at 0.15 times NAV where our peers are trading at 0.6 times or trading at $17 an ounce as a producer where our peers are trading at $70 an ounce. Uh, it's education. You know, We've done it before. It's a recovery re-rate. Uh, buyers um need momentum I think they need to see the positive momentum on the share price it, you know for whatever reason people think there's something wrong well we've just shown you the opposite and so I think the news flow the execution continued execution uh will demonstrate that so drawing down on capital for phase two uh further production updates over the next couple of quarters It shows that we're we we have had no issues for the last last 16 months of production when we restarted production in March of 2022 we've continue to produce without any hiccups, and it's all been profitable. Expiration on this new oxide program that we have on the current mining license to hope to extend that oxide mine by, by the, the current two years. So that's a that's a big win if we're able to show there's more oxidized material that we can ship to this to this operation on the same mining license, that's the lowest hanging fruit for cash flow, right? You know, and most the of the investors are investing lapses- in- yeah,
1: yeah. The the, the 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 marginal value of any oxide ounce you can find, because you've got the sunk cost of the operation and the kind of the, the existing infrastructure, is um, the the marginal value is high on
0: ten, twenty, fifty thousand ounces you can find. It's huge. It's huge. That cash flow again. It, it's not it's not going to move the market in terms of more investors looking for a 30 or 40 or 50,000 ounce producer. That's not what people are investing in. They're investing in this phase two and then what's, what's what's behind it. More than 100,000 ounces that can go to 150,000 ounces per year. A 12-year fi- a mine life that can probably go to 15 to 20 years, right? We've already shown that with new drilling at depth and we still have the rest of the mining license to uncover. Um, I, I think it's important is as our stock has drifted over the last couple of years, like others, we had, you know, more issues to deal with like COVID and, and, and our location with supply chain, um, so it was a lot harder to operate. But we actually still created value. We continued to mine, crush, stockpile. So when we hit the ground running with re, with new reagents on site, we started producing, and generating cash flow, paying off our payables, all all that good stuff. Same thing here. We're we're continuing to create value even when our stock price is not reflecting that, and eventually it'll it'll come back. However, saying all that, if North America takes longer, six months, twelve months. Two years. I'm just using example here. We're still, you know, we're looking at the other options, uh, as in like the Hong Kong listing, which we've mentioned many times to our to our investors and into the market. Something we've been looking at for quite a while, but now it's advancing. Now that we've closed Peru, we can advance. We we're now a, a sub, just a sub, just under five million ounce company with two assets and two two, uh, two jurisdictions. So we have multi-assets, we have scale now, and a production profile that could grow to over 200,000 ounces between Mongolia and Peru with what we own today. So that that becomes uh, more relevant in this market. People want scale, they want diversification. In Hong Kong, there's only about six other companies that trade, precious metals companies. So we're an Asian producer. So we're we're well understood in that region that region that understands precious metals. It's culturally, it's in it's in the culture, right? It's in our culture, I'm, I'm from India. So uh, you have a, a lot of interest in precious metals. They love gold. They have a, a market there that's robust in, in Hong Kong that's valuations are quite robust. So forget the recovery and re-rating I was talking about between the 0.15 to, to, to 0.6 or, or the $17 an ounce, to $70 an ounce. There they're trading at five t- to 10 times those multiples. Uh, on a on an apples-to-apples basis. And the liquidity is stronger. And we're not an what's, emerging what's the market. Or font- you, market. Yeah,
1: What's the timing um, for the Hong Kong listing? Um, what are you looking at now? Is it, Are you talking three months or six months or sometime later into 2024?
0: Uh, later this year, actually. So once we close the Anacordes transaction at the end of June, it, allowed, it allows us to audit the pro forma company, consolidate the company, which was required. So we actually delayed the, the Hong Kong listing by a few months already just to close Peru. Makes us more of a, uh, a bigger company going into that listing. They love production there and they love expansion that we have. And so we're, we're on track, we think, uh, for end of November potential listing. So the window would open in November and we'd have, you know, price is right, price has to be right. And we have the ability to close some of the valuation gap before then and then bring in uh, some new investors in that IPO. Okay. Okay, so
1: you do you do kind of a, a small capital raise to, go on, to give people kind of a starter position on the Hong Kong exchange. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, there's there is a lot of demand. We've already done three non-deal roadshows between last fall, uh, February and April this year. The demand is there. The interest is there. The understanding is there. You know, the, there are other SOEs that trade on on the Hong Kong exchange, uh, up to forty fifty billion dollar market caps. But will look very well because we are diversified, but we have production and growth. The the ability to to pay a dividend in the future in future years you know once phase two is up and running you have that cash you can buy back shares uh, or or develop you'll,
1: you'll, you'll need the capital for Peru surely at that stage
0: yeah so the, the, well the beauty about Peru is is that it'll be a phased approach right so if if Peru is ready to go uh, let's just say 2026, 2027, uh let's just call it a hundred million dollar capex for phase one in peru by the way peru's phase one operation only just phase one not phase two uh with the sulfide phase one has a has a, about 170 million us mpv at five percent at 1700 gold after tax and 270 million us mpv at 1900 gold after tax uh that's a that's a that's a you know our investors are getting that optionality for free today besides a massive discount on our current operations in Mongolia. So that would only require I'm just using a, a rough uh, number here of about 30 million US of equity, right? So that's 30 million that we can contribute from our own cash flow in Mongolia and still have excess cash you know every year, right? Uh beyond that, uh 30 million uh, self-funded equity that will will come from Mongolia. So there will be some excess cash to to do to do other things, right? Uh if if the market hasn't um recovered and we can't predict Um,
1: that (laughs) and and the 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 desire for diversification was that principally because of the experience um the company had during the supply chain issues in in um uh in mongolia was that the kind of the the light bulb moment it's actually you know let's have a second country here because um uh, um, it just re- so reduces the risk. A
0: little a little bit of that is not yep, not having one operation and having that risk, whether it's uh geopolitical, right? There's so many there's a war uh next door, uh you have uh COVID, supply chain, all these things. So it's it's it is uh it was a light bulb to have diversification. So if let's just say you know you're in a place that has floods, like in, you see in South America, it's better to have an, an offset and have a uh, multiple production centers in case one is offline, you still have another one that's generating cash flow. So that is a thinking. Also investors, talking to investors, being a, sometimes a pure play, doesn't matter any country, they want to see diversification. So investors want to see now diversification and scale. This was an easy way to scale up, You know, add 2.4 2. million ounces to our balance sheet for roughly 20 million Canadian. Okay, $6 an ounce. Do you think um, the Canadian market doesn't
1: uh, kind of – it gives you, you a punitive valuation because of your jurisdiction and perhaps because of the, a lot of your senior management are Mongolian? Do you think, uh, is, is there kind of lack of familiarity with the place and the, the culture that kind of weighs there, on your share price?
0: There, there definitely is. There definitely is, right? And we, you know, we had to spend a lot of – or the first few years educating people about Mongolia, educating about how there, there's a lot of the risks they think that exist – Talking a lot about Rio Tinto, and now all those things have gone. We've actually built a mine, supported by the government, and created the jobs. Rio Tinto's uh, just recently in the last couple of weeks had a big site visit. Uh, you know, the CEO's talking about how how much he loves Mongolia, how great it is, how open it is for business. Xijin Mining did their first public deal as a uh, the, one of the largest Chinese majors in country. Uh, Elon Musk had a meeting with the uh, w- with a senior um, uh, political staff there about t- talking about building a plant. Uh, Macron was there just a few weeks ago talking about strategic uh, alignment on, on on critical minerals. Uh, the government, U.S government to set up a uh, and uh, also an alliance with uh, South Korea and, and Mongolia and themselves. So a lot of things are happening today uh, that are now certainly putting Mongolia on the map in, 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 a, in a better light. We we wanted to de-risk it through a smaller path with building this heap leach and showing there aren't any risks. The government's supportive there's a local local workforce. Now you can educate in skill, um, and, but yes, no matter how much we did, uh, we still think there was a Mongolia discount, and you don't get that in Hong Kong, by the way. So that's also the reason how we're being creative to close that gap. And the Hong Kong market will 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 uh, you know connect into the Toronto Stock Exchange as well. So as the demand picks up, the liquidity picks up, I think the valuation will be able to close that gap between the you know having this dual primary listing. So that's that's also part of the reason as well uh, on, the, on the listing front. And and diversification fund. When I go, when I talk to investors in the states, if I say Mongolia, a lot of them think it's Inner Mongolia. I think it's China. Uh, I'm just to be, to be honest, right? When I say Peru, they're like they get it. It's there. It's it's in America's. It's in America's jurisdiction. It's a tier one jurisdiction. It's a mining jurisdiction. Even with all the noise politically, and you hear all the noise, projects have continued to advance. Have been in production. Uh, I think they're the number one gold producer in America Still number two copper producer. So you know through the noise, that's where we're opportunistic, but creating that diversification is nice and it builds our pipeline that beyond phase two in Mongolia, we do have other things we can t- add on and, and, and bring online. Uh, but there are still a lot of opportunities in Mongolia as well. Uh, we I think there'll be more development or producing opportunities in Mongolia over, over the next few years. And I think there's still a path to get into a quarter million ounce production profile in Mongolia by itself. And then you still have a Peru development pipeline as we see fit to bring that online.
1: Um, I had a couple of questions about the kind of the, the Mongolian portfolio. One is kind of the the, the the polymetallic nature of it. I mean, you, you talk about gold production. Um, does what happens to the the other metals? Are they, do you, can you recover them as um, byproducts, or will you recover them as byproducts in the uh, in the phase two when you go into the sulfides, or or are you just going to be focusing on the gold?
0: Nope. No, we're, we're certainly monetizing the base metals. It's actually nice to have a little bit of base metal diversification in your own uh, portfolio like that, right? Yeah. As you can see, investors, including the big corporates, like the barracks of the world, are looking for copper, Newmont just did as well. So the ba- they're adding base metals into the portfolios. Having it in your own, on your own mind is certainly a value. The base metal component for phase two is about 30% of their value. So it's meaningful, very meaningful. Today, So, uh, you know, to remind our our listeners and viewers, you know, we are permitted for a CIL plant as well, which is not part of this current mine plan, not part of this current feasibility study or this build, uh, today. So right now we're producing, uh, a lead concentrate and a zinc concentrate with high precious metals content, and that'll be shipped to China and monetized obviously. And, And so we'll, we'll extract all the precious metals and the base metals and, uh, There's a a mine about 100 kilometers away from us. I've been doing that for for a decade already, so nothing new. Uh, Very easy uh, uh, process there. And Then down the road, we still have the ability to install a CIL plant, which will allow us to produce even more gold and silver, so we increase our recoveries from the precious metal side and produce more gold and silver on site, just like we're producing gold and silver bars on site today. So There is a lot of room uh, to grow here. Uh, both from the mine, we've already shown uh, drilling underneath the current deposits at 350 400 meters that we have new extensions and discoveries. We're now stepping out, uh, and then we have the the optimization from adding a CIL plant down the road. So you know this the, this thing keeps giving and it will keep growing. We think from from production profile and
1: size. Great, thank you. And then just in kind of in in, in summary, what to look out for in the short term. Is the uh, steady state or kind of um, continued delivery from the heap leach, drawdown of the uh, of the loan to show that phase two is actually underway, and then the uh, the listing in Hong Kong. Yes, exactly,
0: exactly, and in in, in all that we have some of this oxide drilling um, that uh, may yield some some very exciting results because any 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 of that is all gravy, right, for a current op. Uh, oxide operation and if we can extend the oxide mine life then our production profile will grow uh, just from the phase one and phase two going on at the same time you know 2025 and beyond so quite a lot of news flow uh, between phase two and continuing now that's funded fully funded no equity dilution no overhang here for investors uh, and I think investors will get that you'll you'll see I think you're, you're going to see uh you know the opportunity is not going to be here for too long in terms of accumulation of market uh, any oxide uh, drilling. Um, and of course, this Hong Kong listing, which is quite exciting, we think from from, from so many different uh, metrics and, and uh, valuation and liquidity. Uh, I think it, you know if we can close the gap on market now. I mean, I think that's going to help us certainly. Well, good, um, Anil thank you very much for the update.
1: Uh, it's uh good to see that the education program will be in your hands so so go get them um and uh I look forward to seeing the kind of the progress from the mindsite in the months ahead absolutely thank you so much